Welcome back to episode 59 of the Catching Up Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Kaysen. I run a company here in Seattle called Find Me in Seattle. Every week, I'm joined with my co-host, Nick Hughes, who is currently in New York City. He runs a company called Founders Live that profiles and supports small startups in his platform, founderslive.com. This week, we start the show talking about this new mystery date planning app that launched here in Seattle. It's called Mystery. And some of the nuances of the experience and if, if we're in favor or not in favor of trying it and, and what we think of the business. The second half of the show, we're talking about what is our favorite brand. There's a recent poll that came out with millennials that named Amazon the most liked brand by millennials and we kind of debate what the brands are that we see the most in our lives and that we really have come to appreciate if you have any suggestions we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening as always please enjoy episode 59 nick it's episode 59 of our show we took last week off but we are back so how are you doing i'm good connor how you doing man I am uh, honestly a little exhausted, a little tired. I woke up this morning and just like it took me a little longer to get going than it normally does. Um, I spent the last hour at a coffee shop just kind of like trying to get my wheels going a little bit. Uh, but it's starting to pick up. I, but, you know, I know I'll get into like four o'clock and I want to tune out the rest of the day. Um, and that's probably right when I'll get into a groove, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm the same way so just to catch up you know last time we spoke I was in Seattle and you know had a um, a nice couple weeks in uh, the Pacific Northwest and I was in Seattle for a week and then I um, went off went to eastern Washington and then for Labor Day went and hung out like in northern Idaho at a like a lake house with friends and dude what was weird is um I have been feeling the same way just because, like, I'm now in New York City, and um, my travel, I had, you know, I actually shot down to San Francisco for a meeting on Tuesday, shot back on Wednesday, and then um, was at SeaTac, and then basically caught my flight to the East Coast, and that was, like, you know, it was basically, like, Monday left, like, almost at Sandpoint, but left Idaho, came back to Yakima, then, you know, Tuesday went to Seattle, SeaTac, and then flew to San Francisco, had an evening meeting, and then stayed the night there, and then flew back on Wednesday morning to Seattle, and then Wednesday afternoon flew to East Coast. Wow, and... you really spent the whole <laughs> week just traveling. Well, and, and now, yes, and I'm like, I'm feeling it not only physically like it kind of like it just took me a little while to like kind of get going but dude I've been like just crawling out of the email like bs and <laughs> you know just like I appreciate the break but dude it, it it has like affected me and the company from like just this it, it was a little bit of a pause and <clears throat> when you have a travel week you're just like you can't mentally sit down for an hour or two to get things done and, you know, so I've been struggling with that, man. And, you know, it's, it's okay. And I'm just coming back into emotion, but um, it travel can take a toll, man. Yeah. So when you're on a plane, what, uh, what do you do or use to cope with that time? Um, Cause yeah, I, I'm still not a believer. Like Wi-Fi has not become good on planes. So connecting to the Wi-Fi and doing work is still kind of difficult. Well, not only that, but they charge you, which is, yeah. dude, it's so stupid. Like, 
like 10 or $15, like for a long flight, 10 or $15 to like, just get online. I mean, come on, that's, it sucks. And um, so, you know what I do is I actually, I, I, I work and I do a lot of times I'm, I just write, you know, so like I've got to do, um, I got my monthly update coming up that I need to um, push out. And so usually in the plane, it's the time where I'm, you know, writing, you know, I'm kind of going over the month and, you know, detailing out what, um, you know, that aspect of just, I, I just, I don't, I use, I don't go online and I just write on the laptop. And so that allows it to go pretty quick. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I just work and I'm using either offline stuff or notebook. Um, but that's usually what I do on the flights and you know, it's not, it's not too bad. I mean, you got it. You're in a confined space, dude, just like, to get yeah. done. <clears throat> you know, yeah, and that space so. can be real uncomfortable. It's tiny. It's usually uh, like uh, invisibly disgusting. Um, it's it's real tough. I I always struggle <laughs> on planes and I don't yeah. sleep very well. Yeah, usually I just result because even just having your laptop open is not a lot of space on a plane. No, uh, dude. Like you're, just in, you're in a way tight space, and you know, hey man, like I, I'm not a I'm not a big not a big dude, so I, I couldn't imagine you know, when you're a larger individual, like how that would even feel. Yeah. Um, so, so that's not, not something that anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. So let's jump into uh, some of these topics we got here. So uh, the first one is, I, I feel like we're jumping back to 2013 with this article, uh, but GeekWire released this big article and like I saw it on a bunch of different channels through people promoting it, specifically uh, the guys from uh, Founders Co-op. And it's this new app that just got released called Mystery. And it's by two guys who used to work at Convoy. And what it is, it's, it's a dating app, and they'll pretty much plan an entire date for you. However, it's pretty expensive. They have a few tiers. starts at $50 per person. They can kind of run up to $300 per person experiences. Uh, but, it, but it's a range. So the lowest tier is $50 to $100 per person, depending on what the date is. And so they say, like, your mystery date is planned, and they have three stops in the different neighborhoods. They plan lift rides for you. They pay all the vendors. They pay your bill. They pay your tip, and it's kind of all taken care of. And it's, it's like this little scavenger hunt app for a date that you know takes you to a few places and uh the article goes on to detail about how um the GeekWire writer goes on like a a boat ride with it's a guy in a rowboat who gives them like a history of the city and then they go to a pizza restaurant and then they go to uh i believe it's a wine bar um and then they get lift ride home and you know it's it's written like they're like oh we loved it it was such a great thing um, and I would definitely do it again. But he also ends the article with like, maybe it was the wine, the full stomach, or the fact that GeekWire footed the bill for this assignment. But I didn't <laughs> hesitate. Yes, I'd absolutely do this again. Um, and so my question for you, Nick, is what do you think about, would you ever use an app and pay that kind of money to plan a date for you? Yeah, it's a good question. And um, I mean, my flat answer would be, I don't necessarily think so because look, um, you know, the first, okay. The first day, right. Like a lot's riding on that. And, you know, like, I'm just kind of thinking from my perspective and from a, 
if I'm, you know, the girl I'm going to be with, like, you're judging a lot based on that first experience. And, you know, if if something goes wrong for any reason outside of my control, too, it's going to negatively affect that experience and that that potential of a relationship. And, you know, I think I think this is like probably a good it's probably a good like second or third date type of situation and where you have uh, somewhat of a relationship with the person and somewhat of an experience so that you're just like, Hey, uh, I got an idea. Uh, let's try this thing and just see where it goes. And, you know, it's kind of like a safer, like if things go awry and it doesn't work out or it's like, you suck. Yeah. The experience sucks. You're not jeopardizing your potential with this, this individual. Um, so that's my thoughts, but I'm not sure. I don't know. It it would have to be a unique situation where I would just be like, Hey, let's try this and see what happens and see where it goes. You know, what about you? Yeah. I think it would have to be a a later in the relationship. Um, Right. Like they, they say whether it's your first date or your 50th anniversary, like I, I I don't, I haven't gone on a first date in seven years. So I have no clue how much a first date is supposed to cost, but this is definitely not what I would do for the first date. Um, it's just way, uh, way too costly and risky for something like that. Um, and so because my job is really about like exploring the city and, and understanding I'm, I'm really not like that attracted to this thing and, and kind of how I entered it. I I just felt like this was an idea from like the earth, this modern tech boom, like 2012, 2013, like one of these ideas, like, Hey, we'll put on these mystery dates for you. Um, and financially as a business, it doesn't, the, the article says that they make $20 per date, which just doesn't make any sense. Like you're never going mm-hmm. to make that work. There's too much work involved to partnering with vendors, um, cr- constantly creating new experiences, right? Because if it's the same experience over and over again, people are going to get pretty bored. Like if I book this app and I got the same date, I would be real pissed. Um, yeah yeah and so yeah i mean i'm i'm not i i saw all the hype around it and i think it was just coming because of all the investors who have backed it but it was kind of like eh, like i don't know but at the same time like me and my fiance probably <clears throat> like at 200 dollars, i think i could plan a pretty sweet date no matter what if i if i needed to uh, but it is nice that it, like takes the ease i just don't know how this is going to become a business Right. Like it sounds like a fun app and everything, but I was just very skeptical. Um, and that, and that's also why I related to old. It's like, we're still like, like what's, what's the long-term play of this? Like uh, I know Facebook came out with a dating app uh, this week also. So maybe this is like, are, do you plan to get acquired or there's just a lot of work involved. So I've, I'm a little skeptical about this. As a business. Yeah. And look, I'm going to go out. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't care who's listening, but, this is a mystery dating app and founders co-op is backing it. They, these guys raised $1.2 million liquid two ventures, which is Joe Montana's um, investment firm frontier frontier venture capital, which I believe I'm not sure where they're from. Um, you know, crowd cow CEO, Joe Heitzenberg, um, Sarah Imbach, who's in Seattle. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to say like, you know, given what we're looking at unless we're not seeing the business model like i'm just kind of curious of why 
founders co-op would invest in something like this. And then they're turning down a lot of other promising startups and founders that probably have a better business. <laughs> yeah. Just say, I mean, and, just saying and this it. kind of continues to be a theme of, of our show. I mean, just our conversations over the last six plus years that we've known each other is just, yeah, like it blows my mind that we're constantly uh, giving money to these, these like apps that don't actually have business models. And so I, yeah, I, I just think the price is going to have to go up. Um, the article talks a lot about like, this is why Groupon didn't work because it was discounting and taking money out of the vendor's pockets. And I'm just very skeptical that that's, they have another route that they can go, but, but possibly they can prove me wrong. I'm open-minded to yeah. seeing they, they would prove me wrong. And, and um, I mean, I am a little curious about using it to see like, Oh, what kind of date would they plan? And would it be something that unique? Um, but yeah, just, skeptical up front yeah definitely and i'm you know look i'm i'm not i'm just saying my mind and i think uh i think you know there's a lot of back and forth in seattle about the investment community and the lack or you know like i guess like the need we need more capital flowing through seattle right but like i don't know uh i i've seen enough now where I think that there's a lot of meaningful businesses that aren't getting funded or that can make tremendous impact that are struggling to get funded. And then to see things that are funded from organizations that I'm familiar with, like it just, it's it, sometimes it kind of just throws my mind for a loop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, respect to the founders of these guys, I mean, they came from Convoy, yeah. which is doing some amazing, I mean, they're a billion dollar value company and they're doing a lot. So probably that helped them through their experience and their network through working for that company. And like, I never want to blame the founders because if they yeah. can go get a million dollar check, like shout out to them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you and I have more problem with the, the people writing checks. It's like, Oh, there's, you know, there's people trying to create real businesses. Um, and, and we love, and maybe we're just not seeing that or hearing about it as much. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, yeah, just saw it again. It's like, all right, this is another, you know, it's an app that sounds real cool. We'll serve, we'll see where they are in six months. Um, yeah. If they can keep it going and if they can use influencer marketing the right way to get people to actually uh, invest in something like this and, and do it on a regular basis as well. Uh, but shout out to them for raising a million dollars. But I'm, I'm excited to uh, touch base and circle back on this topic and see how they're doing in a little while. Little while. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So our other topic today came from, I read this article this week uh, from Business Insider, and it quotes a poll that came out by this digital agency called Musylvania. And Musylvania for the last seven years has done this poll with millennials asking them what their favorite brands are. Uh, and for the first six years, Apple won uh, the list. And for the first time in the seven years, Amazon topped Apple and became the number one company, uh, followed by Nike and Walmart. Sam or Google, I'm sorry, it went Amazon, Apple, Nike, Walmart, Target, um, and then Google and Samsung were in there as well. And so they only pulled a thousand people. So I can't believe it was getting this much coverage for a thousand person. Like a thousand people is not any signal at all to how millennials <laughs> feel because when I saw Walmart on the list, I was like, really? Like, uh, I know we live in a different bubble here. We don't really have as much access to 
Walmart as a lot of the rest of the country is. But I was really surprised. Like, really, Walmart is the place mm-hmm. that people are loving. Target didn't surprise me. I feel like Target is more of a millennial uh, branded company. but uh, And Nike, of course. Apple and Amazon make a lot of sense. But to parlay that topic, I want to know from you, Nick, like what is at least one or some of your favorite brands right now? You know, obviously my life is going to dictate this a little bit, but I can, I would say Airbnb, man. Um, I think, you know, I am getting a very interesting view on the front lines of how Airbnb is tremendously changing the world. And uh, I, I have more respect for the company now than I did a year or five years ago. Is that because um, you know, you've been a, a constant customer? Oh yeah, dude. And like, until you experience what I've done in the last year, you don't realize the vastness of this and you don't realize how like, dude, I'm getting rooms for like on the low end, like 30, $40 a night. And on the high end, like 150 a night. And at any major city, try to get a hotel room for a hundred to $200. And you realize like, Oh, Oh my God. Like, like this is opening, you know, and then there's, you know, the people that own the homes or the people that are renting out through Airbnb is a nice revenue channel for them. And so um, just in the, in the vein of entrepreneurship, dude, it, it is awesome. I think it's like, I think it's exactly what the world needed. I think it is powering something I'm able to do now. Uh, and uh, I, I actually really enjoy, I really like their brand. So I'll tell you what, in less than five years, I think Airbnb is going to be up there in um, because I think they're only uh, it's, it's, I think they're going to continue to grow. Um, I, I just have experienced the value in, in a way that I don't think a lot of people can. I mean, I literally like on a day, I would say every week I'm, I'm looking and making a, um, a decision and utilizing it and you can go in and like the, the way that you can go and search and find and, you know, determine where you want to stay and essentially who is behind the rental room and, um, you know, what, how close is it to, uh, transit and just like, I don't know, man, it, you know, it's just, so yeah, I would say Airbnb. That's a great answer. Um, Mm -hmm. it really has changed. I specifically to you, like how you couldn't have done this trip 10 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. At least at, in the same way you would have had been staying in hostels or or couch surfing. Uh, you probably couldn't afford it to stay in a hotel 365 nights a year. Well, not only that, but think about the way that we can now like I'm forward. I'm you know going two to four to six weeks in the future and being able to map out. OK, like I'm going to stay here and here's why. And like, you know, obviously hotels you know, at some point in time, they were online, but like the way that it shifted, yes, you can find a hotel and search where it is online and, you know, what the location is and all that. But the way that it's allowing someone to more easily plan and on the fly book this travel where, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you would have to call the hotel, you would look up in a phone book, you got to figure out where they're located. And then is like, how easy or hard is it for like transit and um, you know, and then like read what read your credit card across the phone, you know, like the ability to like just have that payment there and um, you know, make that it's so seamless, dude. It, I, I, yeah, I think it's more transformative than people even realize. 
Yeah, and so what? Where do you think you you talked about like where they could be in five to ten years? You know, what's your prediction for where they're going to be? I mean, are they going are they going to get acquired by Hilton, or are they going to buy Hilton themselves and kind of change that whole game? Where do you where yeah. do you see the disruption really happening? Yeah, uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, I mean, you, you already see uh, Hotel Tonight is um, synced into the app, and correct me if I'm not. I think they might have acquired Hotel Tonight. So I, I think you're going to start seeing a more blend of, um, you know, hotel rooms synced into the options to, to book a um, outside house or apartment. And um, quite frankly, it turns into like an Expedia that, you know, that encompasses more of the travel industry uh, versus just like, oh, it's, rent, you know, I'm going to find a room, you know, you're, you're going to find a room in various ways. And I, I think, uh, do they buy an entire hotel chain? I don't, I actually, I, look, if I was a founder, I'd say like, why would we, I'm not sure that we would really want to be in that uh, industry of physical retail or like um, uh, commercial real estate space. Um, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I actually, I think, I think the futures around the entire travel industry and like identifying, finding, booking, uh, your travel and then what is involved when you're in the city you not you starting to see them say like hey uh here's some cool stuff in the city and so they're now booking experiences and yeah so i think that's um it's gonna be a big brand man it's gonna be a huge brand yeah well bigger than they already are yeah <laughs> and yeah. so um yeah so i was going through this list and i i kept coming back i i always have this difficulty with like big brands versus small brands because a, a lot of my job is promoting smaller independent local businesses here in the city and kind of exploring all that. So, so I have kind of two sides of this coin of business that I want to talk about. Uh, I was looking around when I read this article, I was like, all right, what are the things that inter I interact with the most? And so immediately I was like, Oh, my, my two most important assets are my computer and my cell phone. And yeah. those are both Apple products. And, and those are connected because of the, the ease case of using them. Uh, but then I went a little further and I was like, yeah, N Nike is also up there, but that's because I'm an Oregon homer uh, because of my, my uh, debt towards that school. And then Amazon, I've got more personal feelings also with Amazon um, because of my working situation with them and uh, they're just so easy and convenient. So those ones <clears throat> all made a lot of sense as far as big companies. But uh, when it comes to little ones, one that's newer kind of relates to, uh, my brand, Find Me in Seattle, is there's a brewery down here called Two Beers Brewing. And those guys, I, I want to say they've been making beer for like almost a decade. But what they've also spun off are two other companies. And one is Seattle Cider Company, and their newest one is Sound Seltzer. And I've just been impressed by them uh, in the last two years to go from just being a brewery to seeing the growth of cider and then starting a cider company. And I thought they were really ahead of the curve because two years ago they launched their hard seltzer company, uh, which now with brands like white claw, which are like taking over the world. Uh, yeah. It was very clear, like, Oh, these guys were really ahead of the curve. Now it's just a matter of, can they keep up? Are they going to be able to uh, update production? They've learned a lot of things about the customer, right? The, the, customer palette has not evolved in the seltzer market so 
they're, they're just not as particular as beer drinkers and wine drinkers and cider starting to move to that. People are, people understand cider a lot more. So they're starting to see all the nuances. Seltzer's not there at all. Like it's really price um, and flavor and they're really not looking for artisan product products just yeah. yet. Um, so, so they might be a little ahead of, of their time, which hopefully uh, assuming that they can last will be good for them in the long run. Uh, but they're a local company that in the last couple of weeks I've been like, wow, these guys are really awesome um, and innovative. And I kind of really have a lot of respect for them and uh, some of the risks that they're taking in building different brands. I think that's just really cool uh, to expand out from beer, from being like a small little brewery into something much, much bigger. Yeah. No, that's, I like that. That's a good one, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And so, uh, yeah, that's getting towards the end of our show here, Nick. What do you uh, got going on? What's exciting coming down the pipeline? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just um, on the East Coast again now, and I'm in New York. Excited to uh, just be here. Um, man, check out New York and see all the really cool, um, you know, just do some sightseeing. Got a, a number of meetings set up for the next couple of weeks, and uh, I can just say, like, the next, man, the next year to two years of Founders Live is going to be intense. Really, <laughs> really, really, really cool, dude. Like, we're, we're, we're putting some really cool stuff together. And so I'm just having some of those meetings right now. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's what's up for me. Um, our next Seattle event is the 26th. So that'll be at Spaces. I'm excited for that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I know I'm RSVP. It's on my calendar uh, awesome. to go. So I'm excited to go there um and spaces i don't i've never been there so i'm excited to see kind of a different uh different venue yeah yeah should be good awesome well nick thanks as always for joining me on the show i hope you have a wonderful weekend and i'll talk to you next week all right peace